good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the pandemic-stricken world. This is Harrison Smith with another episode of Cinema, brought to you by Dark Matter TV. Dark Matter TV is a streaming platform where you can find not just current genre entertainment and horror, sci-fi, thriller, and action, but also classic content that takes you back to the great old days of late night cable and finding those cult and classic films that they just don't make anymore. Available for download on Android or Apple or visit darkmattertv.com. It's free, it's fun, and it's gonna grow. First and foremost, I hope everybody listening, you are all safe and well wherever you may be as we keep slogging through this global crisis. Uh, I saw a headline recently that made me think it would make a perfect uh, cinema episode. And the headline said, the rising heroes of the coronavirus era, nation's top nerds. And I thought at first like, okay, I get it. What a crappy kind of way to pay tribute to the people that are out there busting their asses to get us through this thing and bring it to an end. And since cinema is more than about entertainment, It's about expecting the best out of us and our entertainment, our politics, our education. Cinema is about critical thinking and getting rid of the mindset that that mediocrity is is just the way to go. So why was I taken aback by this headline? And and I think the reason why is, let me me start out first by giving another personal account, and I'll, I'll make it all about me for a moment here since, you know, celebrities can do this all online as of late. Um, I was put into what was called the gifted class when I was in second grade. I I took a test. Apparently, I showed some aptitude for being quote-unquote gifted. And so they gave me a test at the end of the year, and I tested into what is called the gifted program. And they took me out of basically public school, and they put me in with nine other kids for second and third grade. We were these little brainiacs, these little geniuses. And then in fourth grade, they ended the program and threw us all back into the public sector again. I always called it the gifted catch and release program. And we were known as the nerds because we were these, you know, nine kids with the same teacher. Her name was Mrs. DeFranco. And we had her for second and third grade. And we did all these uh, above and beyond projects. And and we're I, that's where I first was introduced to filmmaking, as a matter of fact, in second grade, where I made my first real movie, a silent film with my pet rock kind of thing. Uh, we had supplemental teachers that came in and taught us a variety of different subjects and topics. Now, the point in me telling you this is uh, I was that kid growing up that that kind of led all the other kids into doing things. For, for example, in seventh grade, I got all the kids in my neighborhood uh, to help me turn our forest into a haunted forest to raise money for the SPCA. In the summertime, I was the kid that organized all the social events, what we're going to do today, what we're going to do this weekend, that kind of thing. And when I was in sixth grade, uh, my mom was approached by the guidance department. And I remember they called us in in a a parent conference and I had to go with her. They wanted to skip me from sixth grade to eighth grade. And my mother was dead set against it. And at first I thought, wow, that's really cool. I'm so smart. They're, They're telling me, you know, they, I'm so smart I can be skipped two full grades, but my mother put the brakes on this thing, and, and rightly so. 
And she said, what you're going to do is socially stigmatize this kid. He's going to be the youngest in his class for everything. He's going to be the youngest to mature. He's going to be the youngest to drive. He's going to be the youngest on everything. He'll be two years behind the social curve. And and you're really just going to isolate this kid. So she was very adamant about not doing it. And they did not. So come high school, uh, I was reintroduced back into the gifted program again. And I, and I want you to understand a little bit about me. I, in, in middle school, uh, I wrote my first uh, uh, remake kind of thing of 1967's Mad Monster Party. And I made it a, a full feature film in eighth grade on reel-to-reel video. And I was the weird kid, folks. I was the kid that wrote the stories. I was the kid that wrote Jaws 3 in sixth grade. And no, it wasn't in 3D. I was that kid that everybody knew that read all the time. I got A's all the time. Uh, I was on honor roll pretty much all the time and, until I discovered girls. And then my, my mind got distracted. Uh, However, through middle school, I was that kid and the kids I hung out with, well, they were those kids. And yeah, in elementary school and middle school, we were the nerds. And and at this time, the word nerd was very much in the lexicon. And we're going to go into the origins of the word and, and how it became popularized. So before you think I'm sitting here on this podcast and I'm bragging, uh, I want to flash forward now to 11th grade. And in 11th grade, I had, was a very different person than I was in elementary and definitely different in middle school. And I'd become, it was a very John Hughes kind of life for me. I had become like the zero to hero kind of guy. I was class president. I was known as, as a pretty wild partying kind of president guy. And there are a lot of stories and, and legends that go along with that. So I can't say that my scholastic aptitude was on point. And in 11th grade, I walked into the guidance department and I saw my guidance counselor and I said to her, I want to drop out of the gifted program. And she was just like, why? Why would you want to do that? And I said, look, I already have enough credits to graduate already. And I did in 11th grade. By the end of 10th grade, I had enough credits to graduate if I wanted to. I was simply sticking around for the social scene is is what was going on. And she started to tick off a couple things in the way of, well, here's why you should stay in the gifted program. And she said, number one, if you do an extra term paper, you get an extra half credit on your report card. Again, I have enough credits to graduate. That doesn't move me at all. No sell there. And then she said, but you get to go into the stock market in New York. And I said, I live in the Poconos. Why do I need to take a bus trip or a field trip into the stock market? I can go into New York anytime I drive. So these were the the lame incentives. And most of all, why would anybody want to do a second term paper? If I do an extra term paper, I get an extra half credit. I didn't even want to do the first damn term paper. And this is back in the day when you typed them all out and did your footnotes by drawing the footnote line by pencil on, on your typewriter roller. Why would I want to do this? And then I remember saying this to her. I said, look, I have friends who can fix a car with their bare hands. I have friends who can wire a house. I have friends who can play instruments and and professional sports. I mean, in school, they're so good. They're so athletically inclined. I can't do any of that. And I I, I can't carry a tune. I can't sing. Uh, I can't build a house. I can't fix my car on my own. Uh, Why am I gifted? And people like that are not. And she had no answer for me. So I I was kind of coming into my own. And I remember I went home and my mother said to me, when she got home from work, she's like, well, you know, just so you know, the uh, the school guidance counselor called me today. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And she said, well, she told me you dropped out of the gifted program. And I said, yes, I did. And I explained why. I said, I don't see why I'm gifted just because I'm more uh, 
I, I don't know, I guess I'm seen as more intelligent because of testing and things like that, or I'm deemed as more creative or higher thinking, if, if that's whatever you want to call it. And she said, well, they asked if there was the possibility you were on drugs because of your defiant behavior. I said, you mean exercising independent thought and having an opinion? No, I'm not on drugs. I mean, I was doing my share of other stuff at the time, but I wasn't on anything. I was, you know, partying a little bit there. She understood. And that's how I left the gifted program. However, even though I had this partying kind of image and I wore a safari jacket and my hair was long and I had a mustache. And if you follow me on Twitter, you, you've seen those photos of me with my mullet and everything. Uh, I still couldn't shake the image that I was this nerd. And I'll give you an example. Where I feel I came into my own was in 10th grade, just before I got elected class president. And I got plunked down in the middle of this English class with all the popular people. And I guess the modern equivalent today would be they are the Kardashian influencer kind of people. They were the the head of the class. They were the top popular people. And I got plunked down in the middle of all these kids. So these were the jocks and what I used to call uh, the great whites of the food chain, of the high school food chain, the sharks. They were all the people that I aspired at that time to be, they sat at the cool kids lunch table. And I was just the weird kid who wrote weird Stephen King horror stories and read them aloud to the class and made weird movies with my brother and, and friends and, and all of that. So I think you got the picture. We had to have oral book reports. And one of the big popular guys, one of the jocks behind me was shitting a brick because he didn't have anything. And he's like, we have this oral book report today. I, I don't have anything. So what I did was is quickly, I thought on my feet and I turned around and I said, hey, listen, here's your story. Uh, you read the story called Red Dragon. And it's about these terrorists who have this virus and they're going to unleash it on New York City if this ransom isn't paid. It's, it's like biological warfare. And I said, the reason why they call it Red Dragon is, is that the virus creates like this red uh, stain on your chest. Uh, you know, like, and it looks like a dragon when it, when it fans all out. And, and the guy was like, what? And all the, all the other people, all the, the, the beautiful girls, the future homecoming and prom queens and, and the jocks and everybody, they said, you just made that shit up just now. I said, yeah. I said, Bill, go up and just do that. You're going to be fine. Well, he did. And he got an A. In fact, it was one of those that the teacher actually said, uh, you know, well, I guess I'm going to have to add this to my reading list over the weekend kind of thing. And he got an A. And it was kind of like at that moment that I took the thorn out of the lion's paw. And that was when everybody kind of got behind me. And when I broached the idea of running for class president, suddenly I had all the movers and shakers behind me. I wasn't so much the nerd anymore, but I was a nerd with street credibility, if that makes any sense. But that's where I felt was my turning point. So I've thrown around this word a lot. And look, on previous podcasts, I've also talked about, you know, sitting at the cool kids lunch table in the film world, like with the Jason Blums and the John Carpenters and, and all those horror elite. Like I want to get to that table. So high school never really ends. And you know what? Being on social media, you see a lot of that as well, too. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you can sit there and nod right now and go, oh, yeah, it's really about just being popular. So let's look at the origin of the word nerd. And what really classifies as the pretty people or the popular people? Things have changed. 
So, I mean, if you go through the word nerd in film history, it doesn't really start appearing in the very early part of film history. I mean, you can go back to the Andy Hardy days with Mickey Rooney as kind of like, you know, that kid. He was that ambitious kid. He was not the same old kid. He wasn't the football player. And the Andy Hardy movie show, you know, we can put on a show right here kind of thing. But what I remember in growing up, and I'm sure all of you can find different moments, but for me, growing up as a Gen Xer, it was Happy Days that showed the power of nerds. However, it was also Fonzie who stole the show. In some ways, now we look back and we think Fonzie was kind of a dork and a nerd. He, he, but at that time, he epitomized cool. He was the high school dropout in the leather jacket who could start a jukebox with a punch of his fist and fix a car with his eyes closed kind of thing. Uh, people did things for Fonzie in the fear that he was going to beat them up or whatever. But it was Richie and Potsy and Ralph who were the collection of nerds. And Richie was really the cool nerd because he had the heart of gold and a conscience and he meant well and he was really super smart and he had uh, his beautiful uh, high school sweetheart. He epitomized the nerd. And that nerd cliche then spilled over in, into the 80s and the John Hughes era with Weird Science and The Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles. And most of us can probably place the face of Anthony Michael Hall as the icon of, of 80s nerd at that time. But there was also Revenge of the Nerds. And, and what we do, what I've seen is, is we've, we've seen Hollywood transform the image of nerd into either these sex-craved perverts or because they're so smart, they're just idiots and they're, they're a little creepy and socially awkward. And I guess my question is, why? Why can't there be hot nerds? Why can't there be beautiful nerds? Uh, I, I don't understand why this image from the 80s has really stayed on to this day. And this news article about this is I want you to understand something. The Kardashians, the athletes, uh, you know, Ronaldo and music stars and Gal Gadot singing Imagine, none of them are saving any lives, okay? They're not wearing garbage bags in ERs. They're not exposing themselves to a virus that is ramping up daily death counts in hospitals. They're, they're doing their cool thing and everybody fawns all over them. And it's like, oh, don't pick on Gal Gadot. She's trying to help. That's what the beautiful people do. Their job is to be beautiful. They're really not contributing much here. And we still then turn around and use the word for people that excelled in school, that did well academically, that did their homework and gave a shit about their grades. We label on them the nerd word. So that's what they get for breaking away from the sheep herd and actually doing something different. You step outside the box and here we have an industry that always praises those who, who fight outside the system and break away and do all of that. But actually we really don't. We disparage them and we make fun of them and being smart has actually become something of, of a societal stigma. So why is it that the scientists that are looking for a vaccine and creating the tests and out there, the doctors and, and everybody who excelled in science and chemistry and math and all those things, what do they get for it in that headline? They're called nerds. I mean, who are we turning to in this time of crisis? Are we turning to our celebrities who are talking about like David Geffen sitting on a $400 million super yacht saying, I hope everyone is staying safe. Yeah, thanks, dude. Thanks for the concern. 
Or are we turning to the people that are going into homes and bringing people out on stretchers to get them to hospitals? Or are we turning to the nerds that are that are building, you know, ventilators and coming up with new and quicker and more efficient ways to intubate people to save lives? You tell me who you put your faith into these days. And most of all, why aren't they the heroes? How is Gal Gadot a hero? She puts on a Wonder Woman costume and she gets millions of dollars in merchandising and pay and everything else. How is she a hero? Put on some garbage bags and go into a COVID wing in a hospital. Then I might be impressed. Don't give me this bullshit that she's a hero because she got her and some other famous people to sing a cover of Imagine and she's now a hero. No, you're not. So this 80s image of the nerd is, is pretty much stayed to this day and, and film expansion hasn't helped, especially in the way of like Comic-Con and convention nerds. And, and look, the nerds have, have given a bad name to certain things. I mean, the convention nerd thing and uh, the, the Star Trek and Star Wars nerd thing, you know, people putting up uh, petitions saying they want Last Jedi canceled and redone. I'm not talking about just those nerds who feel that the hill they wish to die on is uh, whether, you know, Captain Kirk returns in a new Star Trek or not, or we're invalidating an entry to a Star Wars uh, franchise. That's not what I'm talking about because they have also ruined a lot. And I've said that to some people. I said, you know, you fanboys have ruined Star Wars. You've ruined Star Trek and you even ruined Marvel. What I'm talking about are the people that embrace science and the people that embrace math and the ones that really work their asses off in school to achieve and do better and graduate at the top of their classes. Why are they rewarded with the moniker of nerd, like some social reject that isn't worthy of our praise when an empty-headed celebrity goes out, has sex on tape, releases the tape deliberately, and makes billions of dollars off of this. Now, some might argue, well, she just, she works smarter, not harder, but why is that okay? And that's validated. And she goes on Instagram and she posts, posts some, uh, nude pictures, whatever, you know, faces filled with Botox and, and lip fillers and all of this stuff and making money off the dumb is really what it is because that's the popular girl in school. But in, mean, in the meantime, the ones that are developing the vaccines and figuring out ways to, to keep society running, well, they're disparaged by that headline and called the nerd. I hope I'm making my point on this, that any of you out there that felt lesser because you, you weren't born athletically inclined or with a perfect body, a GQ face or a beauty face, um, I'm talking to you. Because I was that kid too. The biggest thing I knew that I had going for me to get chicks is I was smart and I could make girls laugh. And I understood that very well. That was my own superpower all in its own. So no, I wasn't an Adonis. I wasn't an underwear model or anything like that. I mean, I worked hard in school and I, I made my honor roll and honor society and all of that. But why is that a penalty? Why is that a strike? Why do I feel like I always have to apologize for things like that? Even when I say, well, I was gifted, um, but wait a minute, I'm really not, you know, I'm not uh, arrogant or anything. Um, when people talk about star football players or athletes, do they ever apologize when they talk about that touchdown that they got or that home run that they made? Uh, do they ever apologize for that? Does Michael Phelps as a swimmer ever apologize for being such a great swimmer? Why do we accept that? as normal, but anybody who has a brain in their head, they almost instantly have to apologize up front with some kind of academic disclaimer. The other part of the nerd image 
was also helped uh, come into its own by Stephen King, I feel. I mean, he built pretty much an entire career on this. I mean, what was it about? It is more than just a clown in the sewer, an alien monster in the guise of a clown. It's about the misfits, right? The losers club, the, the nerds. They're the ones who didn't fit in because why? They were more perceptive. They were more sensitive. Uh, they were smarter. So, you know, all the other kids in the movie, the bullies and all that, that they take on and then eventually it. I mean, they were singled out because they were different. And then, I mean, look, we have Stand By Me. Again, what kind of kids were the ones that go in search of the body and were picked on by the bullies and, and all of those things? Again, and Stand By Me started as a short story in the, in the Different Seasons novella as The Body. But Stephen King has built an entire career on this of the misfit kid who is discovered by the monster and in the end saves the day. So the nerds, while disparaged in the beginning, are usually the ones that people turn to. Look, people say they, they want people that are different and colorful and, and, and very different characters. When, and I don't believe that's true. I think most people want everybody to be the same because mediocrity rules. And we see that in our own entertainment. I just saw Tiger King on Netflix. And before I did, I almost avoided it because of all the hype. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's so disturbing. You won't be able to get past the second episode. It's just incredible. All these amazing monikers and, and hyperbole on really all this was, was a celebration of redneck white trash stupidity. And we celebrate this. I mean, there are headlines right now. Will Donald Trump pardon this Joe Exotic guy? Look, this guy was white trash. And we have celebrity shows on TV, reality shows that celebrate this lifestyle. What is America's fascination with stupid? Why do we celebrate this? Oh, that Joe Exotic, he was a character. He's a fucking moron. Okay, that's what he was. And yeah, he may be a character, but what about the scientists and doctors and conservationists that are really out there trying to help these animals stay alive and protected in the wild, not stuck behind cages? I mean, look, you really look at that show for what it is. The ultimate losers in that show between him and that Carol Baskin are the animals. That scene with the two chimps being finally released after sitting in cages side by side with each other for 10 years, hugging each other when they were finally released into a, to a better environment is heartbreaking. And, and Joe Exotic did this. And you can argue, well, he started off well with his intentions. This guy is not smart and we're celebrating that. He was smart enough to cash in on the lowest common denominator, mediocre kind of entertainment. And that's why this show is popular. And I really think a lot of people have taken this show the wrong way. This is really a celebration of stupidity. And why is that celebrated? Why aren't we celebrating shows where people are out there being doctors and scientists and, you know, all these other things that are making a difference in the world. And instead we label these people as naysayers and, and negative people and, and propagandists and all of that stuff. Like we, we turn against the ones that are actually trying to give us the real deal and we celebrate the ones that are giving us bullshit. I'm under the firm belief that most people aspire to be mediocre. And when the overachievers step forward, the slackers are threatened by it. They see it as an affront. So their answer is, is to belittle, bully, make fun of. That is their defense mechanism. But when a real crisis comes to our society, everyone turns to the nerds to solve it.
These are the people that busted their asses going to medical school, law school, what college and achieving their 4.0s. And they paid attention in science and chemistry and math and biology and reading and English. Now they are the heroes during the, the COVID crisis because the morons, well, they fear death. Shit started getting real when Tom Hanks got the virus. Oh no, our celebrities can be touched. Help us nerds, save us, find us a vaccine. Find us a medication and a therapy. Please, nerds, save us. Suddenly now, people are singing out of their skyscrapers to the nurses and doctors and first responders and law enforcement, the UPS drivers that are working their asses off. Suddenly, all those jobs that everybody looked past and thought that, you know, oh, the socially inept take those jobs and the nerds take those jobs. Now, suddenly, we need those people. I've said for a long time that lip service is paid uh, to intelligence and education, but our real priorities are more for immediate gratification, vapid posturing, and, and 15 seconds of internet fame and entertainment. That's what we really want. We talk about how important school is, but really look at in the movies, how, look at how, you know, anybody who takes school seriously, how they're portrayed. So we, we talk about this, but in the end, what is really being financed? We have rich celebrities, rich athletes that are getting paid hundreds of times more than what a teacher gets paid. Uh, school teachers are asking for donations to their classrooms. They're asking for tissues to be donated, glue sticks, uh, crayons, pencils, paper. Why the hell are our educators begging for the basic supplies to teach our children? And yet there is David Geffen on a $400 million yacht toasting the world while it burns saying, Hope everybody is staying safe. Celebrities singing, talking about the good things that they're doing, uh, talking about how they're dealing with isolation during this crisis on one of their five or six homes. Give me a break. Why is that celebrated? And we're not looking at what the true people that are addressing this pandemic are doing and needing. The goal is to dumb us down. We now have... 15 seconds of fame with TikTok videos and we have YouTube channels with quote unquote influencers and YouTubers uh, sitting in front of green screens commenting on videos and they become popular. These are no names that end up with one, two, five, 20 million subscribers and you've got a whole fan base out there that rallies behind them and you don't dare criticize that because you're, you're attacking their hero. Never mind the fact that they're not saving anyone. They're not in these hospital ERs right now. They're not working on vaccines. They're not working on Corona tests. You know, Generation Z, uh, like the millennials in many ways, love to talk about how hip and cool they are and, you know, how sensitive they are. And, and you know, we have Gen Z that, you know, they're, they're all afraid of words that are spoken on campus and, and we need safe spaces. But boy, when this crisis went down and they actually had to put up or shut up, they decided it was more important to go out and take care of that immediate gratification by partying on beaches and fulfilling their spring break obligations because I'm going to take care of me. But in the meantime, they'll preach about the environment and the climate and everything else. They're so sensitive to everybody else's needs. I call bullshit. Selfish, self-centered, and entitled people. 
That's everyone who broke those quarantines and went out and partied and then come home with COVID. And who do they turn to? The nerds. They turn to the doctors and scientists and everybody who put their noses to the grindstone and didn't worry about partying and getting laid for spring break. We are breeding TikTok and YouTube morons who don't even know how to ingest proper entertainment. Skip to the good stuff. 10 second jumps, 30 second jumps. This is the skip to the good part generation. 30-second video clips and dipshits that, that create them have become the new stars of an intention deficit fan base. You know, everyone was worried about 1984 and they forgot about Brave New World. Ladies and gentlemen, idiocracy has become a real thing. Look, you can side on whatever part of the political aisle and spectrum you want to land on. However, we had a good two months that was wasted getting a jump on locking down this country and preventing the mess that we're in right now. And you had bullshit that was out there propagated by the cool people, the network people, the celebrities, the news stars. You need to read Carl Sagan's Demon Haunted World, a book that underscores all of this perfectly. So Dr. Fauci gets torches and pitchforks for talking science while Trump spouts bold-faced lies to the press from the start of this pandemic. And Mike Pence believes we can pray this disease away. But Fauci's the bad guy because he's saying, look, these are the scientific measures I am proposing to help beat this thing and get things turned around. Well, he's not telling us what we want to hear. Look, this is not an attack on religion, but empty gestures as thoughts and prayers and praying have not ended mass shootings or growing societal violence. Instead, movies, games, and music, well, they're the ones to be blamed, right? That's all the fault. Again, let's blame Joker. Joker's the fault for all the recent societal violence. Has nothing to do with the science behind everything and the doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists that have been giving us data. That just gets pushed away. No, we're going to blame something quick. We need a bumper sticker demon. Religion has defied all science in this pandemic with mass gatherings which are no different than the hypocritical Gen Zers parting on the beaches for spring breaks. Look, on Facebook right now, another empty gesture is out there. And that is people from previous graduating classes, like even my class, they're posting their senior pictures to support the class of 2020 since their uh, school year has been curtailed. Look, I'm sorry about that. My God, I can't imagine my senior year being cut short. I'm not talking about that. I'm not disparaging that or downplaying it. What I'm saying is, how the hell does it help anybody in the class of 2020 to have some old person posting their senior picture on social media? As a 2020 graduate, I'd be asking, why is this all about you? This is about my class. We're the ones who got shortchanged. Why the hell should I care about some Gen Xer or baby boomer uh, posting their senior picture? How does that support me? Again, a well-intentioned thought and gesture, but in the end, totally empty and no thought behind it whatsoever. It's just really an excuse for somebody to post their senior picture. You can go online now with people like preachers and that dipshit Alex Jones pushing snake oil medicines hocked by these conspiracy mongers and, and charlatan holy men like Jim Baker. And, and this is just a mess. And we believe in this. When, when you forego science, you get more than stupidity. You get death. 
Instead, we act like the villagers, like I said, in Frankenstein, breaking out the torches and pitchforks for anyone we consider different, anyone we consider smart. The smart people become the monsters in these cases, but we embrace the shills and, and the hoaxers and the snake oil salesmen and the conspiracy mongers. Now, all of you who worship empty-headed celebs and reality shows stars, and I put that in quotes, and Instagram models and influencers and YouTube and TikTok stars and their immature videos we now call entertainment and, and these dumb challenges that have replaced entertainment, who do you turn to for help as a virus takes out some of these people, clogs our hospitals with the sick? You know who you turn to? You turn to the nerds. And that's why I said the true revenge of the nerds has come. Only there is no victory in this. The satisfaction is hollow because when this crisis passes, so will the respect for all of those quote unquote overachievers, nerds, suck ups, teachers, pets who were wearing garbage bags for PPE, homemade masks and dying on the front lines while a failed real estate mogul turned reality TV game show host calls them warriors and celebrities pretend to be sacrificing so much by singing songs, playing pranks, and doing video challenges as they isolate in multiple homes with millions in the bank to weather the financial collapse that has some of you listening right now deciding on food or paying the rent or mortgage. All of you young girls listening, dare to be different. Don't be Wonder Woman. Be lawyers, doctors, scientists, police, Fire, ambulance, first responders, dare to be smart. You hear me? Dare to be smart. Dare to step outside of mediocrity. Make intelligence sexy. Ignore the bleeding of the sheep who think cool is vapid social media posts or stupid 30-second videos or shows, in quotes, that leech off the pop culture and work done by previous generations. Do not accept the word nerd. The shills, the fakes, the posers, the assholes, the vapid, the shallow, the stupid, all use this word to draw attention from the fact that they have nothing to offer society except themselves. It's all about them. The nerds are all about us. Real heroes wear garbage bags and homemade masks, not lingerie, makeup, and form-fitting costumes. Dare to be smart. Dare to stand out. Expect more from your entertainment, from your education, from those around you, and most of all, expect more from life. This is Harrison Smith. Thank you for listening and wishing you all well wherever in the world you are. Thank you. Check out my cinema blog on horrorfuel.net and download Dark Matter TV for your Apple or Android devices.